Welcome, everybody. Today we have a very special guest, Jana Robertson, Dr. Jana Robertson. Um, she is a professor of education at UNCW, and she is here to talk about some really cool projects that she's been working on lately. Hey, Jana, how are you doing? Welcome. Hey, Ray. Nice to see you. Yes. Always a pleasure to see Jana. So we've worked together now for 10, this is year 11 that we have been colleagues. Um, really fascinating. And if you, we look back in our history, we have connections with other colleagues at other universities between us, which is really fascinating. And uh, we're here to talk about art today, which I know you're like, Ray, why are you art? And I love art. And I love creation and content creation. I know mostly I'm focusing always on tech and different things like that, but some of the stuff Jana's, Jana's doing is really, really, really fascinating and we're gonna get there. So let's start talking about it. So your first project that I wanna talk about today is something called The Forest of Dreams. So for you, you guys that don't know what The Forest of Dreams are, you can actually see a picture of it behind, right behind Dr. Robertson. Um, you can see the picture, but this was a huge mural that she created in 2016. And I'm going to let her take it from there. So tell me, what is the forest of dreams? What is this project? What is, what am I seeing behind you right now? Uh, well, I have to admit that I'm going to start a little earlier to set the stage about how I got here because how I got there is actually kind of embarrassing. The, I was working on uh, school to prison pipeline. So I, I ran a dropout prevention coalition and um, we had done an interagency agreement with the school districts and to um, uh, have students uh, with misdemeanors not be sent to juvenile justice just to be handled by the schools. Okay. And it, had, it was this huge, huge project. And I also had this huge grant for Grab Nation. So it was a regional conference about dropout prevention. And the, I'll tell you the truth, it was getting a little burnt out. And so I was up to, I think it was getting near year seven. And there's a thing at universities that most people know, it's traditionally called a sabbatical, but ours is a professional development leave. And I was like, wow, you know, I'm so tired of the politics and the policies and all the stuff going on, I think I'm going to go teach art to kids. Now, here's, okay. a, here's a question really... for you. Here's a question. So mm -hmm. just for people watching this sabbatical, so it allows you to take off for a semester and do some kind of significant work. Is that what it is exactly? Yeah, it ha you have to conduct research though. So it's not a party and you don't get to go fly off to Jamaica. And you're paid too, right? Yeah, yeah. but I was getting paid and I didn't have to teach classes for one semester. Okay. So, um, so I'm, and I was still doing stuff at the university. I was still collecting data on, on the school to prison pipeline stuff and safer schools and other projects I was doing, but it was just to really let us out of classes because we have a class load of three classes every semester. And it, um, if you do it right, it's time consuming. Mm -hmm. So I was going to go teach at a place called Dreams of Wilmington and you could, it's behind the mural you can see behind me. And it's an after school art center. And I'm going to show you Wally for a second. This is my 22, whoops, wrong way, 22 foot uh, concrete alligator. Um, I wanted to teach a class in concrete, but they already had a concrete teacher. And so the wall behind me, you're, you're only seeing about 12 feet of it. It is 240 feet long. 
okay, uh, when you see the whole mural. And I'll make sure Ray sticks some links to uh, yes. shots of the whole thing. But um, this was an ugly wall and it was gray and around, there was no mulch or grass. There was uh, hypodermic needles and used condoms and, and just gross trash from Lord knows when. Because the um, Dreams was in an old incinerator. So this was all brown fields. So you can't even uh, grow vegetables there without poisoning wow. yourself. So it's a very toxic area. It's in the zone, which is the highest crime area of Wilmington. And there's a bus stop right across the street from where you see me on, uh, with this mural. And hundreds of kids come through there because there's a Boys and Girls Club and, and Dreams of Wilmington. So it's just unsafe, unsanitary. You wouldn't even have your dog there. And they say, Jana, can you do a mural here? And I'm like, sure. Oh, how much money do you have to give me? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. I'm so, like, oh, so were they a, is, is this a public school, a public like type school, or was this a private? No, it's an after school center, a nonprofit. Dreams okay. A nonprofit. And the wall belongs to the city. Gotcha. Okay. And the city has very, Wilmington, North Carolina, I love you, you're great, but you have very, very strict rules against murals because they don't count murals as murals. Uh, in 2016, when I started this, all murals were considered signs. And the sign ordinances were like, it couldn't be bigger than eight feet. <laughs> sure. And, you know, things like that. And what kind of font to use. So um, I said, sure, I'll do it. And I was so fortunate. I put out a call to my dropout prevention coalition saying, hey, for 50 bucks, you, can, you too can have a creature at the Forest of Dreams. And I had 50 organizations say, sure, by the next day, and I had $2,500. Wow. So um, that's how I funded it. And then we're all ready to go. I have volunteers lined up. I have paints getting ready to go. People are, each uh, organization designed their own creature, and they had to come down and paint it. And then I had artists come fix it up. And then the city says to me, Oh, wait, you don't have permission. <laughs> I'm like, what? And I go, I have a grant right here that you wrote with dreams that didn't get funded. Oh, no, no, no. That was preliminary permission. And I'm like, what the? So how <laughs> what did they, that? so what did they make you do to get permission to do this? Well, I had to go in front of the city council. And luckily, as a professor, I'm used to doing presentations. So when the city council looked at me and I just looked like a suburban housewife and they're like, who are you? And why would the neighbors want you to do that? And all that, I had uh, about 10 students holding up sample creatures so they could see some of my volunteers. Mm -hmm. And when they were afraid that the it was gonna happen to the neighbors, even though I promised that I was funding several neighbors to do creatures, um, when there was uh, when they weren't quite sure of me, the NAACP with a lot of the neighbors stood up in the back and uh, the local uh, NAACP supported the project. And so I'm very grateful to them. Um, uh, so they could verify that this sure. wasn't just some suburban housewife who was um, doing it. That, in fact, most of the creatures behind me were designed by a lot of them were designed by neighbors. Mm -hmm. uh, they had they were here every Saturday working on it. So after we got approval, 
Um, I even made the mayor and the city council members come out and paint. Uh, there was, in fact, you couldn't drive by this mural and not be forced to paint. We just stopped cars in the street <laughs> and made people come. Um, you don't know this, but Ray, that story right here, is an artist. So, of course, I made him do a creature. I did paint one of the creatures. It was fun. Okay. And it was quite good. Uh, he's a talented artist. So, I'm going to make him also put some of his art <laughs> in the uh, notes of this video because he's too shy to talk about it. But he's very talented. And whenever I take his stuff to craft shows, I can always sell it. But that's a whole nother yes. side. Okay. Um, <laughs> Anyway, back to this mural. So I ended up with 76 organizations making creatures. Wow. It um, brought the neighborhood together. Uh, it also cleaned up the whole neighborhood. Um, there's a building across the street from me where all the drug deals were happening that one of the neighbors painted to look like Minnie Mouse's house. And amazingly, there's no drug deals there happening anymore. Um, and, um, there was a lot of good things that happened. They made a documentary, so we can put that in the notes, too, if you want to see it. But I think the stories that were most profound, I have to admit, had nothing to do with me. They just happened organically. Okay. Uh, my favorite Force of Dreams story is about Dexter. Uh, Dexter James was a gentleman who lived down the street. And unfortunately, he was dying of um, lung cancer mm -hmm. the whole time that I knew him. I think I, you, I think you, we, I think I know this story. Go ahead, keep telling. Okay. Everybody. And anyway, he, he, he was the one with me if it was four in the morning or late at mm -hmm. night. He took all my trash, but people didn't know we were friends because we always shouted to each other because he couldn't come near the paint fumes. So oh, we were always yeah. screaming <laughs> at each other. Um, he would be on the street and I would be over helping people at the mural. And he unfortunately did pass away. Um, but before he did his project, is he had the idea that anyone in the neighborhood who had someone who passed away, that they could um, put a leaf on this tree he had us create. And I'm embarrassed to say that at first when people would come up to me with their dollar and with the names they wanted, I would, after a while, I just had to put their names on the list. I was too busy. I couldn't really talk to them. And then they would come back and check to see if we had done it. But luckily in May, everything quieted down. Uh, most of the mural was painted and we just needed about a month with artists to fix everything up. And that was actually, for me, my, was kind of transforming for me because I'm just trying to get a mural done, to be honest. Okay, I won't say I have anything deeper. Each person would come with their dollar or check up on what happened to their dollar yeah. and tell me a story about their loved ones. And I finally realized that I have to put down the paintbrush and listen. I just need to listen. And even though they only told these stories for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, these stories were what the mural was all about. Yeah. I mean, so here I am worrying about paint and shading and does that show up right? Sure. <laughs> to superficial things. And everyone who visits is seeing love and acceptance and, and um, endearment for the community and 
connection with everyone else involved. And they're seeing all these profound things and I'm too busy to see anything. <laughs> and so I, I am so grateful that eventually I did stop, I did listen, and Dexter was so proud, so proud. And it, I think it's the main reason there's no, there's no vandalism, there's no graffiti, there's no resentment from the neighbors. People come visit it. It's like a special kind of, I don't know, kind of holy place in, in some parts of it. Uh, the, there's a whole memorial section. And then when Dexter passed away, the only fight we really had was he was mad that I wasn't going to keep putting uh, leaves up on this tree. And he says, what are we going to do the, for the future? So I said to him, well, we're going to make a walkway. And everyone can always still put their loved one's name on a brick on this walkway. And we still have it. And you can still come down for a dollar a brick. You can paint your loved one's name on the um, on the brick. And it's the Dexter James Memorial Walkway. And we um, finished it on his birthday. Oh, um, wow. After he died and had a big party with his family. And um, I get to talk to him every time I go down and visit. So um, it's, uh, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot more to this mural than a bunch of creatures. Now, before uh, you did this mural, did you realize anything like this was going to come out of it? Or did you just, were you just like, hey, we're just going to clean up this. This is just a blank place. Let's just make it more lively, look nice, make a mural. I, I like collaborative projects. And I am lucky that I've done enough of them in my life. Like even the interagency agreement that now is a law. Uh, we actually, the Raise the Age Law came from the work we were doing here locally, where we no longer incarcerate 16 and 17 year olds with adults. Uh, I mean, so I'm, yes, my collaborative projects, no thanks to me, sometimes have huge impact because they take a life of their own. So I should have known that this was going to be bigger, but I have to say that no, when you're busy facilitating sure. or managing a project, sometimes you're the dumbest one in the room because you're like worrying about like, do I have enough green paint? Okay. <laughs> not, sure. not, you know, things like that. And luckily, despite me, there's 612 people who think that this is their mural because everyone sees the part they were involved with. And it's now um, a tourist attraction. It's now something that people take busloads of kids to visit. And you have to remember before no one was visiting here, this sure. the not so nice section of town. And now it's beautiful. There's some bad effects though, I'm gonna be honest with. It's getting gentrified. We made it so nice that a lot of uh, people buying up the rentals here and unfortunately renting them out again at, at prices that the locals can't afford. And so we are having some ill effects, but I am proud that we made it safer. We made it beautiful. And a lot of people got empowered to realize that they can make a difference in their own communities. Um, it, we had a ripple effect where a lot of neighbors fixed up their houses. There's a lot of art in the uh, houses around here. Wow. So um, like these unintended consequences, which were both good and bad, but that's pretty interesting that you could have that kind of effect, just doing, putting something nice 
in an area how much it really just impacts everyone who lives there just their their own like vision of what it what the neighborhood could really be like well and there were marriages that happened a lot of people got jobs from people they would have never met a lot of friendships happened a lot of people became artists who didn't really feel confident about their art before so it was um i i'm very proud of it but there's no way i think this was i call it my mural but I want you to know that everything good that happened from it is a we thing, sure. a team thing, a whole lot of people. So uh, I, I am very proud of it. And I'll tell you all the projects that came as offshoots. Um, there's ugly fences all over town. So we had a project where our students at UNCW taught K through 12 kids art. And then we had art galleries that their art was printed on these banners that that we then hung on ugly fences all around Northside. So we had these outdoor art galleries and those went, were doing great until a hurricane came. (laughs) And now um, I have a lot of them in a closet and I just have to fix them so that we can put them back up because all the rivets, you know, the grommets got pulled out. then we do murals all over town. We have two that we did um, at Elder House, which is um, kind of a um, day day services for um, elderly. Now, are any um, of these murals as big as this kind of? And we're going to talk about one of your more recent projects. So right, we'll right. get there. No, they're, no, but they're like thirty feet long. And what's cool about them is like the res, the not res, they don't live there, but the participants helped us. The same at DC Virgo, I have some murals and the kids got involved with, uh, that's a uh, local middle school. And now, um, Mosley has a mural that the kids did and then we helped them with. There's some churches. Um, so it, it kind of, the idea of collaborative murals, think of, you know, you're, Ray is also an athlete. I don't know if you all know that, but they should know. Teams. Anyone watching this and knows me knows I'm working out, and they I've shown I've shown my paintings. I've said like this is a painting I've done. Oh, good, I've, good. I have talked about. I don't about. know if they know you, but it, I kind of make art a team sport or like an orchestra because you know how the some of the parts is greater than the whole. Yeah, you know whenever you have these big collaborative projects. But artists very often work very solitary and Mm -hmm. we're all kind of like on our own. And I just have found this really cool way to have non-artists and artists collaborate to make beautiful things. And we all, it ends up better than anything any of us could have done on our own. Now, how do you know? So like, I assume, was this like your first mural? like work where like you had to find this isn't just like acrylic paint like you have to find special materials and you had to do all that kind of research on just like how do you do and like who how do you like maintain it does it just maintain itself is there like no i maintain it every year okay um we made coloring books that go with it and i sell them and the money is the money i raise goes to maintain the mural. Okay. And that's actually the difference between me and other muralists in town. I maintain my murals and um, I include everybody. And that's why the city is willing to work with me, which is important for the other project you want me to talk about. And how do you um, how do you maintain it? Like does that just mean like touching some things up or you know? um, they have an acrylic sealant. Okay. And the reason I use acrylic instead of polyurethane 
is in case I do want to repaint things because uh, reds and oranges fade much quicker than sure, other Sure, sure. Especially so in our sun. Yearly, I, or every other year, I have to do the reds and oranges. And so far, I've only had to do little touch-ups on the blues and the greens. Mm -hmm. um, the yellows I have to do pretty often, like the uh, reds and oranges. Um, and uh, and there's some wear and tear, so we have some uh, repairs to do. But um, basically, once a year, we fix it up. And with acrylic sealant, I can still paint acrylic on top of it and, and then, then seal do it. Okay, another gotcha. coat of sealant. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's pretty cool to hear how you do that. Now, let's. So th those are kind of my questions on that project. I want to back up a little bit and talk about you and art to begin with. So let's get into a little bit about your background a bit. So, uh, well, so you you have a PhD in education and ed psych and special ed. And I, I actually, so in my doctorate, I got, I have an ed, a minor in ed psych. So we have a, I know we've always had like a cross in instructional technology, but I also have an ed psych background. Mine was more in stats and like the how people learn portion of it. But uh, so you got that at the University of California, but then you have a master's and bachelor's of science in special ed. And this was something I found randomly in my notes. So first of all, you went to Westchester University in PA. Are you from PA? I'm from D.C., but my mother taught at Westchester. Gotcha. Because I'm from PA and Westchester's close. I was like, and I, I saw that. And the other interesting thing I saw, I saw you did your, in for the dates of your bachelor's degree, you just have two years listed. And so I was interested. Oh, because I dropped out of seven places. I'm a dropout. There's a reason I run the dropout. Because I was like trying listed. to figure out like what no, no, no. did she I, go, I have I an had, associate um, somewhere? Like what exactly? I have more schooling. It, at more universities than I can even name. I don't even remember them all, that's how old I am. Okay, but when I went to Westchester University, they told me I had three more years and I had already been to school so many times. I had already worked as a um, paraprofessional in the schools. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought I was old, I think I was 22, okay? <laughs> And I went back to school and I'll be honest, the reason I went is I had cancer at a very young age. So I always thought that I was, um, wow, I never, I was gonna, I've always thought I was gonna live forever. So I didn't mind being a school dropout and I was singing in bands and doing artwork and, uh, doing crazy stuff, stand up comedy, all that good stuff. And then, um, I got cancer at yeah, 22 and moved oh my home. Goodness. My home had moved from DC area to Pennsylvania. And my mother was teaching at Westchester, so I got to go there for free, which was nice. And I got three years worth of schooling in two years. Wow. Because uh, once I set my sights on it, I just went. I think I had a three nine. I think I had one B, you know, but oh well. And I then ran out to California to be a special ed teacher and they made me go back to school because in California to be a special ed teacher, you needed a master's, you needed a bachelor's so you, in general ed. So now what so made my, you do this leap to California? You're in the complete opposite. You're in, grew up in DC. No, I had already lived there. That's where I, I ran off at 19 to California to stay with some friends. So you had been there. And that's where I had been a paraprofessional. That's where I had worked and loved. I'm a, yeah, I was, I was, Blonde beach girl at the time. 
Okay, well that's um, I, that's a good enough. I mean, that's a good. Re- I look. I love California. I grew up always wanting to be in California. I lived there for two summers as a kid, so I totally get wanting to be there. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I had a good time, and I was irresponsible, and did lots of things I can't talk about in public, <laughs> and um, yeah, it was a good time. I was, um, I guess, I was singing in a band and doing some different things, but. Yeah, when I, but after the cancer, it was like I went from being irresponsible and kind of laid back to ridiculous insecure overachiever. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I had a bachelor's in three years, a master's in two, a doctorate in three. So by the time I was 30, I was Dr. Robertson, actually Dr. Siegel back then. And um, uh, I graduated from UCLA, had worked. Uh, I had taught in South Central LA. I'd always worked with diverse students. Um, my cognator was, was in um, uh, social uh, psychology kind of things and, and emphasis with diversity issues. So long story short, eventually uh, after I got a little burnt down on special ed, I used to run special ed at uh, University of Memphis for quite a long time. Yes, because um, you moved from, you slowly went from California and slowly made your way yeah, back New Mexico, like, all the way across there, the East Coast. Yeah. And then New Mexico, Memphis. Memphis, and now we're like, you like really jumped across, went from West, then slowly went back to East Coast, which is really fascinating right. to see. And uh, yeah. so how did you, you're, you've been involved, you're telling me like all this stuff that you've done, like you, I mean, and I look at your resume and I'm just like, I don't even know where to start because you have like a thousand things listed on it. Literally, you you've done kayaking with Marines, like a project kayaking <laughs> with. I mean, I could just go on about the, the different things that you've done. So I okay. see I see art. I can simplify it, though, Ray. OK, I rarely need an idea. I don't know. <laughs> OK, I, I, and I, I, I right would love to tell you that I am this big visionary with great ideas and you should just hang out with me. It's not true. I am a, I don't know, I shouldn't say this in public. I like to make other people's dreams come true. I'm more of a fairy godmother. So a lot of my projects are ideas other people had. And I was like, yeah, let's do that. And then we go do it. And, um, yeah, so whether it's running an assistive technology center or yeah, kayaking with Marines. I mean, I saw that. I was like, she's done everything. Uh, block-long murals. It's all the same. Or changing state law. I mean, because in some ways, it's all the same. Um, I think that's a good... I think that's a good and common quality of someone who goes and be is a professor or an educator or any field that helps people. I mean, I've, I've people ask me what I like most about my job. It's mentoring students to help them find a career and get them a job. Like I, that's the part that I actually get most excited about over anything else that I do. So I, I get that, that you, so where does art come into the picture here? I see it like listed on your resume here and there, but like, how did you, and you're, you're, I, you an are artist. an artist. I, I mean, you are an artist. So how does yeah, that, I, I have, is that from a kid? Like, are you a kid? Yeah, no, I was actually mentored by a professional artist since I was like six years old. Okay. okay. So this is, so in your I, I am, this I'm is... actually both classically trained as well as just love to learn new mediums and stuff. 
Um, and I was an art teacher on and off through the years. And I still have a group of kids I mentor with art as well as uh, professional artists that I mentor. And you're not just like a painter or just a like you. You, no, have, you no. sculpted I, that crocodile behind you. Like, yeah, you no, are I, alligator. And I had, you've, you've painted. Wally I've is only you. my second concrete project. I had only done one other before him. Because I've seen you so. paint. I've seen you draw. I've seen you do. I mean, I've seen you do like every form. Of, and I get it because I, I talk about this in my videos, how I, it's not so much about what I'm doing. It's I love to continuously be doing. I'm a content creator. Well, it's the creation. It's it's I, the that creation. It's I love well, that. We want to make things. If we if I can envision it, I can make it. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't matter whether it's a, a research project, a, a state law, a course, or a mural. I mean, it doesn't matter if if, if I can imagine it. But that's only with a lot of help too. I mean, I, I you got to understand every single success I have is mostly because. I picked good friends. <laughs> well, you know how I important that is. You hear someone like Steve, like these big CEOs, like the late Steve Jobs, he'll say, why is it that your company is successful? And he'll say, because I picked really smart people who are good to come in the room with me and tell me what, how to, how to do this, how to, I picked, how to, I formed a good team. That's what made this project or whatever successful. And that's yeah, the truth. I mean, right. No, I, I, all my projects, are better than anything I could do myself. Sure. And that was very humbling to learn because, you know, I'm a smarty pants. I'm usually. Well, you can't do everything yourself. Bright. When you realize that and you learn how to give things to other people and what to give to other people and how to form a good team. I mean, that goes into being a CEO of a company, being a leader of a, a governor, or a president, like anything, like your team, a teacher, like wh whatever job it is, that team, I mean, even just your friends in middle school and high school as a kid, like that network that you form, that team shapes you and, and really helps, you know, form everything that you do. Well, I will say if, as long as my projects are doing something good, I have no lack of smart, dedicated people wanting to help. Yeah. Okay. Um, if any of these were self-serving or making me rich, they might not have worked quite as well. But all of these, not they do benefit me. I won't say that they won't. But I'm fine with it benefiting everyone. Like everyone can use all of my projects for whatever purposes suits them. Okay. If they need it for, so like behind me, this mural was used for doctoral dissertations, for thesis, for senior projects, for uh, service learning projects, for community service, for people who got in trouble with the law. Um, everyone took credit for it. And I never mind other people taking credit for my projects because the more people who get credit, the more likely they are to hang out with me on my next project. So does the university you know, respect or uh, do they value this kind of work? Yeah, I have to give uh, UNCW props on that. Um, they, I, I timed it well because it was during the push for applied learning. And our university actually was giving actually some money and support. And I had a lot of media, both from the community and from the university. In fact, uh, another organization with the university building a better Wilmington campaign made my the documentary. So there were a lot of UNCW resources behind me, but 
I think I had like 12 other faculty involved and um, 70, about 70 students involved. So that, that's something I do want to tell every professor or academic out there that if you aren't using the resources of your, of your university to help the community, you are missing out on the most fun thing we can do as professors. Um, so yeah, I've continued, I do that even when I'm not doing art murals, I bring my students out in the community with me to uh, get projects done. So um, one of your more recent projects, you did a community project for Black Lives Matter. You're wearing the shirt today. I, actually, let me be very clear. It was not for the organization Black Lives Matter because they- It was just, they, you were just making the state, you were painting a mural. Right, basically. I'm gonna show you the shirt. It says Black Lives Do Matter. And I want to tell you the story about who I was asked to do it okay. from and where it came. Yes, let's because... hear a little bit about this project. And I want you to talk about a little bit about uh, what kind of support and pushback you got from the community when trying to do right. a project around in COVID. There were you did this this summer where we have COVID, we have uh, protests yeah, happening around the country, and people were just on. I've never seen a time in our nation. I mean, maybe that's just me being not paying attention to things, but everyone was just, the whole country was focused on this because we were all quarantined, making just magnifying things that people, emotions and everything. And to put a project like this, like tell, tell us about it. Well, everyone in the country was loved when uh, the DC mayor had Black Lives Matter painted on the street. And to me, the message Black Lives Matter, and actually I am a big fan of the organization. I don't want to say I'm not. I just need to, in a minute, you'll see why I have to be clear okay. that I do yeah, not I'm not. I don't know them. the differences of that. The, okay, that there is a difference. It, but... There is a Black Lives Matter organization, and we have one here locally in Wilmington, and I have a lot of respect for the work they do because they don't just protest. They, they actually work in the community with disenfranchised kids. It's actually very impressive, the work they do. Um, and, but that isn't how I got involved. What I, you know, so we all saw this mural. So we're all on Facebook, right? And we're all talking about it. And this was just like in a general, I think, Wilmington community Facebook group. chat. It wasn't okay. even like my page or anyone's sure. page. And someone says, Jana, I think it was Amy Grant, who, who's a, uh, uh, she, she runs the Art and Bloom Gallery here in town. She says, Jana, why don't you do sure. the Black Lives Matter one? Just because they know I do murals, You're right? You're a painter. And You're, I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm a white chick. I don't know if I should do it. But yeah, I said, well, I don't know. Does anyone think I should do, you know, we should do it? And everyone says, yeah. And then, and then Kevin Spears, who is a, a, city council member, he says, Jana, why don't you put forth a proposal? And there was no way I thought as a white woman that I should be in charge of the pro pro project. But I did know that I am one of the people who knows how to write a proposal for the city and knows how to go through the city council and all sure, those types of things. you've gotten these big art projects off the ground. Right. You so, have done it. So that it wasn't inappropriate to ask me. Plus I work on diversity. I'm very involved with NAACP, and I'm, you know, fan of Black Lives Matter and different things. So it, it, it wasn't like bizarre they would ask me, but I definitely thought 
it should be black lead. And so Grayson Davis and Cedric Harrison, Grayson Davis, both of them I had worked with recently on some coloring books. Uh, one, it's called Wilmington in Color. This is through Support the Port and uh, it was Cedric Harrison's baby. Uh, Grayson was the artist on the second coloring okay. book. But anyway, okay. the first is a coloring book of, of African-American buildings around Wilmington. The second is about famous African-Americans in uh, Wilmington. Mm -hmm. So here I already had a team of, uh, of hardworking, dedicated individuals who I already have that relationship with. And I said, okay, guys, let's write a proposal. So we did. Uh, and it, you know, we, we got, well, I have to admit, Kevin Spears called up the news and all of a sudden I'm on WECT and Francis Weller is interviewing. And so we got some notice. Now, I didn't know at the time other groups had also wanted to do it, and uh, they told me they put in proposals, but I, ha I haven't seen any of the other gotcha. proposals. Gotcha. Um, and so some of the other groups said, oh, Jana, why don't you work with us? And I'm like, I'll work with anyone. I just want to get it done. Yeah, sure. Well, yeah. after we tried to get it done, our city attorneys did not well anyway they had different stipulations of why we couldn't do it on the street this is at the same time other cities were having lots of problems with vandalism mm -hmm. so at, at this point um uh plus they wanted we wanted to do it on third street right by the 1898 memorial and closing off third street was a logistical issue so as the well. plan was to paint this on the street is that what you're right, okay right. Gotcha. that was our original plan and i definitely wanted to do it, but I couldn't get approval. And this is through many, many discussions and attorneys looking for loopholes gotcha. and things like that. And so Kevin Spears again came up with an idea. He says, well, why don't we make them signs? And I had already at my force of dreams, you can't see it, but um, I guess it's about uh, if you were really at the mural now, looking behind me, there's a deer. It's made out of aluminum. It's cut aluminum, and it's on post, just like a sign. But it's in front of the mural because there's a whole song and story about the Forest of Dreams and this deer exploring it. But anyway, um, so I had already made one of these signs, so I knew how to do it. I knew what it cost and, and the logistics. Um, so I said, we can. We can have each letter, Black Lives Matter as a different letter and Charlotte had their own Black Lives Matter mural on the street and they had this uh, where each was designed by a different artist. So I thought it wasn't just me. This is with Cedric and Grace and we sure. thought we could have artists uh, submit proposals and have a different artist do each letter. So this way, because in the pandemic, no one was making money. We wanted to showcase these artists. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, we didn't raise any money for anybody. They're, all artists volunteer their time. I volunteered their time, so did Grayson. Um, it, we, we ended up getting sponsors. Okay, so you did um, have some kind of funding for this. We, I did have funding, but not a single per. We all volunteered because gotcha, let's gotcha. Face, Black Lives Matter is about Black people getting killed, you know, by police or in unjust situations, mm -hmm. right? And none of us wanted to make money. This was supposed to be our, the whole purpose of the Black Lives Do Matter was Wilmington, remember this came from the city council, wanted a message 
to its black citizens that they mattered. So there was some fights with, and I had to go in front of the city council several times. The arguments were over the wording because Black Lives Matter is also the name of an organization and the city did not want to promote one organization over another. Gotcha. There's all these free speech um, laws. So if you say Black Lives Do Matter, do you have to have Blue Lives Matter and other lives matter? You sure. Know? They actually made some exceptions. This is a pilot project at the Gervais Memorial Park. It says Black Lives Do Matter and Racism Now, which I'm pretty sure is a slogan they got from um, Fayetteville, which is, that's what they put on their screen. Okay, gotcha. The mayors were all talking to each other, I think. Um, And uh, I would say Black Lives Matter was not happy when we accepted the word do. But so I the organization say, oh, wasn't happy. Right, and nor should they. Um, we still had organizations supporting us, like um, NAACP in the city and, and other organizations in town. But I will say the NAACP made a Black Lives Matter billboard that didn't have the do or the end racism now. I mean, I would have to say none of us were happy about the extra words. Not that the extra words were bad, but there's nothing wrong with the message Black Lives Matter. Sure. Because they do matter. And for and, you, your your goal and your group's goal was really the message, not necessarily if this is what it had to be to get it done, this was, you were going to get right. your message across. This was going to do it. This would have the same effect, whatever, you know, that you were looking for versus maybe yeah, not being able to do it at all. Person, yeah, absolutely. And every person involved is, does believe Black Lives Matter. So that's unequivocal. But when the city council approved it with the amendments, I didn't think I should take my ball and go home and say, I won't do it now because this, I was asked to do this by the city. And so if that's what the city wanted, I was okay with it. And only people who wanted to be an artist for it submit proposals. So we had about 60 proposals. Nice. I only had room for 19. Oh, wow. Um, There's 18 letters. So it was quite competitive. The city approved all the art that we selected. Um, there was a committee that selected it. I, I was not. Um, I, my art director, Grayson Davis, um, it was the ultimate designer of it. And um, actually, if you go on TripAdvisor, you can see a picture of it because people are taking trips to visit. <laughs> nice. That's kind of cool. Installation. Um, it ended up so beautiful. These artists were phenomenal, Ray. Um, oh, I saw some of you. I saw you posting some of the uh, the letters, and they were just like, I mean, they yeah, were big. So these were like big, big letters. Yeah, so they were they like, weren't like so this was like a big big thing that someone was painting like a letter like B like and they would paint like a design on it so just to give you guys a picture like the, take the like the first letter B they would put, paint like a almost like a mural or like a bunch of, I mean, each one was different, whether it was design, a mural. But there was actually a theme though. Okay, okay. Um, if you go to 18forward.com and you have to spell out 18forward.com, you can see the whole thing, but the theme was positive African-American contributions to Wilmington. So when you go down there, you see the whole history of Wilmington uh, and all the amazing contributions. Oh, that's really interesting. Done by African-Americans, so it's like a history lesson. So I've been giving tours down there uh, to different school groups sometimes and things oh, like that. Oh, that's a really cool, up, uh, 
that's a cool uh way to actually create like the, the almost like make a mural but take the letters and make it like more you know this history behind it and like show it that's really uh i didn't know that because i I I had yeah, like yeah. seen you posting on Facebook during this time, but I didn't really, I, I don't, I'm not on there a lot. So I missed all, most of that. I just saw some of the letters and knew you were doing the project. That was really. Now, it, it, it actually, it wasn't just that Black Lives Matter. We showed evidence that Black Lives Matter and in each letter, hmm. there's evidence of all the ways that Black Lives, not, there's so many more of them in the letters though. I mean, we scratched the surface of how Black Lives Matter here in Wilmington. Now you're still, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say that for those who don't live in Wilmington, the only major coup d'etat in the country was done here where the white supremacists overthrew a black fusion government and slaughtered blacks in our street. Uh, the Cape Fear ran red, that was uh, November 10th, 1898. And so we really felt, and I would love to tell you that was the last bloody thing that happened in the city about race, but it's not. Every generation has their own horror story. And so coming from Wilmington, we had to have a Black Lives Matter monument or some something because this is a town that is still trying to heal from just decades and decades of uh, abuse. You know, you talk problem. about the history of Wilmington and I don't really want to get into the history of Wilmington, but I don't know the history of Wilmington and I really need to, uh, we, me and my wife just watched a show and they were like back in time and they were in Wilmington back in time. And I'm thinking like, well, what? Like, I don't know anything about, like, I'm not from North Carolina. I'm from the Northeast. I don't know. People mention like a town around here. And I'm like, I've never heard of that before. I just, <laughs> I'm so involved in doing so many things. It's like, I just, I would love, I need to, I need to set aside time and learn about the history of this area. Cause I don't know it. I haven't had time to learn about it. There's some good and bad stuff that happened in Wilmington. And I need to, I should know about it to, you know, be from this area. Well, if you, I have a lot of friends who are doing tours now. There's a tour bus and another a guided tour you can do of the history. I've here. never done and, any of that stuff. And I do a murder mystery every year about 1898, and you could be one of my actors. I um, could do. I would. You know, I love doing being on camera. So that would or just yeah, being in front yeah. of people. So I, I I'll, love I'll, I'll have you. You. Uh, your wife can join <laughs> in. Welcome. <laughs> some of my actors for it you can get the, the boys involved too yeah they i guarantee my kids know way more from being in elementary schools i'm sure they teach them about history of the area i mean i remember learning about the history of pa and stuff i'm sure they know a lot more than i do about north carolina but uh so you so let's so we're getting at a time where we need to start wrapping up so there's just two more things i wanted to ask you about one was you're doing something with billboards now Tell me, oh, yeah. tell me about this, this bill. I keep seeing, and I, I'm good friends with Gray. I did jujitsu with Gray. So, oh, is that how you know him? So I know Gray because he and I, he I, and Alan all did jujitsu together. So we know each other pretty well. So I keep seeing you do these billboards with his company. And I'm like, what, what's going on? Tell me about this billboard okay, project this, you're doing. I'll try and make this a short story. Yes, this is a quick, quick, right ne right quick next story to my about the black billboards. Right next to the Black Lives uh, art installation, Gray Vic, his friend, uh, puts up a 
uh, Wilmington for Trump 2020 billboard. Now, everyone can do whatever they want. Sure. I wasn't that great. He's just trying to make money. But it was politicizing a project that I was trying so hard to not politicize. And so Gray felt bad. And so he put up a, a little billboard right underneath it that Grayson actually designed. And it says, love, unity, forever. And it has um, the Afro uh, power uh, uh, colors in, in a heart. Anyway, uh, and a smiley face, but anyway, it, so that he put that underneath so that we could kind of temper it a little bit. Sure. And then he has a digital billboard in Leland. And he said, Jenna, I really want to start showcasing artists and I'm going to start with yours. And so basically every two weeks we put up a billboard showcasing one of my 18 forward artists. And that's been going on since uh, probably October. And um, we're building it, not we, Ray is building a new digital billboard in, in Wilmington. And I think when I'm done with my artist and it all goes, I'll probably have the Leland one go to the Brunswick Art Council mm -hmm. and the Wilmington one go to the Wilmington Art Council so that it's not through me. Because I don't run every artist coming up to me asking for a billboard. Sure, sure. You know? Uh, so I'm, I'm, I am going to do it through an organization once it gets beyond my own artists. But that was just a gift that Gray gave to us because he was so impressed with the work that the artists did. Do you, Gray put in my signs. Okay, I got the billboard guy and he, he came out and worked 12 hours installing signs. Wow. Yeah, he's a really okay. cool guy. Really nice guy. Like super down to earth. Really nice guy. Uh we used to fight each other in jujitsu, so that's yeah, okay. well, and, and I, I helped him with the city council in getting his second digital sign. That's so, awesome. That's cool. So anyway, we all help each other in this town. And um, you said you had a second question. I'm a little nervous. The last the thing was just what what are, do you see yourself continuing to be involved in these kind of projects? Is this your future? Yeah. And that's it. That's I can tell question. you what's happening this summer. I have three more murals happening in the north side, which is right around where we are. Uh, one at the Hemingway Center, one at the, I'm going to fix up the Minnie Mouse house a little bit more across from Forest of Dreams and the uh, Earl, no, it's Andrew Earl Jackson swimming pool. Okay. Uh, okay. Which is located downtown. Um, so those are the next city. I have to get them approved by the city. I do not have to go to the city council anymore. I think I can just get the design approved. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have already teams of UNCW people. I have high school teams already involved, Dreams of Wilmington, the art kids. And then, of course, I will always involve the neighbors of each of these sure, areas sure. because um, I think that's my secret sauce to making them special. Um, and, and the designs will be roughly done beforehand, but I wanna make sure everyone who participates gets to have a little bit of their vision involved too. So I don't, I, it's not a strict design, just like the one behind me wasn't. Um, so that's one part. The second part is um, there are still derelict pro properties all over town. And I have found ways that I can hook them up with different organizations who can then fix them up. And they're not always murals. It could be a community garden. It could be a fountain. Mm -hmm. It could be a park. 
to be a dog run. I mean, but these are city owned properties that are right now not being taken care of. And if we compare them up with organizations that just need some space to accomplish something, I'm, I'm going to be helping to broker some of those deals because there is no reason for any part of our city to be derelict, especially if it's city owned. I sure, mean, there's sure. just no excuse for it. And the city agrees. So they, they are the ones actually trying to move this along. Um, and I'm just uh, flattered that they're letting me to be a part of it. Um, there's, um, you know, I'm still working on um, the school to prison pipeline stuff. I'm still working on safer schools, still working on dropout prevention. But I think uh, since retirement's coming up in not too many years, um, the fixing up uh, the city will probably be my long-term project. Um, I, I don't see that stopping even when I retire. You need, someone needs to do like a Netflix documentary on you doing these projects for the city of Wilmington. That would be a cool, like as part of like, I saw, I actually watched this art doc, this art show on, on Netflix. And it was like, each episode was about like a different artist and the stuff they've done. I think this would be a cool, pro cool idea for that. Cause it's really neat. It's fascinating. Even though you're not like, Hey, I didn't, this isn't like my actual painting. Like I didn't paint this whole mural. I did some of it, but it was the, your key involvement in the project to make it happen more about community art. That would be a cool special on that Netflix documentary. Well, I hope so. We, I actually have a, we'll, we'll put it in that. I have one um, documentary about the Forest of Dreams. Sure. I have an, another one coming out about the Black Lives Do Matter art installation um, done by Lighthouse Films. Gotcha. It's, it's, not, it's not done yet. And this summer, I am hoping, uh, I'm hoping to get some help from the university, uh, maybe even a film student to help uh, uh, document those projects. But yeah, I mean, it's, um, I'm finding that the documentaries and the photo essays are better at telling the story. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then I, I do have several research articles. So if you want to go academic, you can find, um, I, there was a doctoral dissertation just on that we need to publish, but um, we found that crime went down and that um, a lot of cool things happened as a result of doing these community project, mural projects. Uh, but I, again, it's the individual stories that really... Yeah, and uh, that can come out in the documentary. Like they pull those into... Like I see like interviews of people in the community, having you show all the stuff, them like someone narrating like what you've done. Like it's a... I could... I'm just picturing like... And I love... I love video. Video is my new, I just really enjoy, I enjoy making it. I enjoy producing it, editing it and just watch it. And now when I watch, like I just enjoy the visual aspect. It's much easier for me to sit down and watch a 30 minute video than read a research article. And I'd rather and it's watch. Visceral. You know, it, it, it's, you and I were talking beforehand and you said, Jenna, save that for the video. I was talking about, I think it's very important as academics that we feed our souls so that we're able to feed others. I mean, we get all cognitive and behavioral and psychological, but when it comes right down to it, it's all relationships. We're all connected to each other. This is 
I'm not doing this for the community. This is my neighborhood I'm doing it for. This is my town. So, you know, I don't need to be seen as anyone altruistic or, um, or that I doing everyone likes to make a positive difference in their community, everyone. And I've just figured out a way to get everyone to do it with me. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So, I mean, it's super cool. It's why I wanted to interview you today. I just, I like, I think it's been, it's been a cool story. It's been cool to watch as a colleague in your department who watches from the outside. I'm, you know, I'm working on my own stuff, but I pay attention. I mean, everyone is doing their own cool stuff and it's neat to recognize that and say good job to each other and, and just be aware of what other people are doing. And I'm trying to do that more and make time for that, which is always difficult when you're super busy, but you know, we try and we have to do the best we can at it. Well, I've been a fan of yours for years. You're definitely one who makes things happen. And I mean, come on, esports is just fun. And uh, it is you fun. Know, it's I, cool to talk about video games. Yeah. No, we didn't even get into my whole gaming background. No, we did not. Well, maybe we need to have a different a different interview for you to tell some of your stories because you have a fascinating story about. Well, I'm not even. No, let's not even talk about. We're, it. We won't even go there. But you have some interesting <laughs> stories that are really cool that I would love to pick your brain about and just find out the dynamics of it but no not here <laughs> not this interview um gotta save things for the next one okay so Sounds, uh, well thank you very good. much jana well thank you ray i really appreciated this and it's always fun to hang out with you all right guys i'm gonna have jana's profile links for everything in the description of this video or if you're listening to this in the uh the podcast so you know be sure to click on all that stuff and uh later everybody all right we're good